Welcome to Making Fit Work. I'm your host, Nina McGough, certified personal trainer and nutrition coach and busy mom of two. I'm committed to helping you get real results by sharing best practices and life hacks to staying consistent. I also regularly interview other busy professionals who have mastered the ability to juggle it all while staying the course with their health and fitness. Let's get started. Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of Making Fit Work. I am your host, Nina McGough, and I am so excited to have my friend here, Kendra LaHue, personal trainer and nutrition coach. Thank you so much, Kendra, for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so I'm so excited to talk about this. Kendra specializes in working with women who are beginners to strength training and also looking to lose anywhere between 30 to 150 plus pounds. Kendra mostly specializes in helping her clients lose weight and keep it off without cutting out all their favorite foods and feeling miserable in the process and becoming super strong in the gym. Kendra, I am so excited about this topic because I know we're going to dive into it, but fueling your body for weight loss is so key and I can't wait to hear your perspective on it. Yes, absolutely. So let's start. I always like to start off by asking and diving into what is your exercise history? How has your journey kind of evolved? How did you even end up working in the fitness industry? Give us a little rundown. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, come from an athletic background. So I played sports my entire life uh, through elementary, middle school, through high school. I was pretty much doing all of them. Um, And then I played college basketball. So always involved with fitness in some way. And in college, I studied exercise science and nutrition. And at that time, I was planning to go to medical school, become a physician. So I was actually working in the medical field during college and then post-college for a few years. Wow, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Amazing. So um, I yeah, was kind of more on the medical side, but still like with a big focus on like preventative medicine and health and nutrition. Um And I always had this pull, like despite working in emergency rooms, I always had this pull back to kind of the health fitness side. And I missed that um, after college was over. Um, After college, I also kind of struggled myself with finding myself again within the health and fitness world, uh, because for 24 years of my life, I had practice, I had games, competitions, things to prepare for. I had coaches Mm -hmm. and strength coaches and people telling me, I needed to work out and things to get ready uh, for. And then suddenly it was all gone. So I had to kind of refine my passion for health and how I like to work out and what like different goals to work towards. And so I went through a little personal transformation at that time as well before I completely got pulled back into health and fitness. Um, And that's when I did become a personal trainer again or personal trainer, nutrition coach and I have been now here ever since. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you find that that's pretty typical with um, high school and college athletes that after those years are done, they're a little bit lost, right? As kind of like, well, what do I do now? And how should I work out by myself? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I've seen it. I've had a couple of uh, previous athlete clients who it's it's a, it's a strange thing because we know what we're supposed to be doing. We know how to work out and we know like we've been doing it for a long time, but mm-hmm. suddenly it's like, oh, I don't really have to. And like finding 
kind of what you like to do at that time. Um, so yeah, right. it's definitely a common struggle. Yeah, that's interesting. So now you're in the field full time. How did you come to specialize mostly working with women who are looking to lose 30 to 150 pounds plus introducing them to strength training, Mm -hmm. getting them out of their comfort zone and into an actual gym? bring us to that. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good question. I've always had a passion for kind of um, just like overall major like life transformation, both, you know, in body composition, but also mentally and uh, emotionally, physically, and a little bit like kind of with my background, I being tall, like I'm five, five, nine, five, ten, um, pretty muscular and like, just like built bigger. Um, throughout my life, I've always felt like, um, some pressures to be smaller and eat less and not stand Mm -hmm. out and not be so strong. Um, so that is something that I've found a big passion of helping my clients with is yes, I do like help with the weight loss, like kind of big numbers, 30, hundred pounds. Um, but also learning to love yourself kind of where you are at and love your body and what it can do and being proud of your strength and being able to, uh, a lot of my women, they don't know how strong they are and they don't realize that like, Oh wow, I can bench press like a lot of weight. That's so cool. And to find that passion. And that's where I find like the game kind of changes with my, uh, transformation clients is like when they find a goal outside of the weight loss and, love uh, getting stronger and seeing what their body can do and hitting PRs in the gym. And then the mm-hmm. weight comes off as well. So yeah, that's, you know, I just Win-win. found a passion for that. Right. So do you find that initially people come to you with this goal of just wanting to lose the weight? Mm-hmm. And then how do you, I guess, not convince them, but introduce them to the part of strength training while taking out that intimidation factor. Because I know, you know, I don't have a specific niche like you do with like these big weight loss numbers, weight loss goals. However, I do know that so many people feel intimidated by that part of it because they're so focused on the weight loss number. So how do you help them make that transition a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so tough. Um, I think just continuing to, um, get more comfortable in the gym. So with like a one-on-one client in the beginning, we just, I, I try to meet them where they're at. Um, so starting small and not being so like drastic about everything, Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, starting with where you're comfortable, get comfortable and then continue to kind of push, from, from there. So I just focus on like basic strength stuff, um, at the beginning, you know, with mm-hmm. whatever they have. So if we're doing it at home, that's totally fine. Um, we're going to figure out ways to do kind of like a, a push pull, like hinge movement squat <laughs> yeah. at home, or if they're coming to see me in the gym, I work in a private studio, so, um, it's a little bit more comfortable. Um, you know, or if you're in the gym, it's totally okay to like grab, two dumbbells, go to a corner and do all of your exercises there, that type of thing. So just right. kind of starting slow and like working, working into it. Cause I know like the big box gyms, they can be super intimidating. And if Absolutely. you don't like know what you're doing, you feel like everyone's judging you or watching you. But over time I've found that my clients like confidence has increased and um, it's still scary, but finding a friend also helps to go into the gym too. 
Absolutely. So let's talk and dive into fueling your body for weight loss. What would you say is the like number one myth that people have around eating in order to lose weight? Number one. Oh, um, so yeah, there's several that come up. I think let's talk about them all. (laughs) I think one of the main ones would be just like the idea that you have to cut out everything you love or like pick whatever item, like no sugar, no carbs, no treats ever again. I would say that's probably what I see pretty regularly and that I need to just like slash my calories and like Mm -hmm. barely eat anything. Um, I see that pretty often. Um, and that's just not the case. So I try to help my clients to eat as much as possible. And we try to eliminate the idea of good and bad foods and understanding that it is possible to enjoy the cookies, enjoy the treats and still get to your goals. Yeah. So that's a super hard mindset to come over, to get over. I know I see it all the time too. What is the biggest, I guess, piece of advice that you give to your clients to help them kind of realize like, oh, I can have some treats Mm -hmm. and still get progress. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so tough. And I think it like trial and error. Yeah. Kind of trial and error and just continued practice on the mindset and being aware of, uh, kind of like your relationship with food. So Ah, continued practice on that. It's like the all or nothing mentality. It's like, and I've struggled with this too before, like where you, you have like one cookie, you're like, Oh, I'm not supposed to have that. I'm going to have another one. And then, you know, the entire kitchen, right. Um, because I'm going to restart tomorrow. But right. if we can kind of shift that mindset to choosing to eat the cookie and knowing like, Oh, that's okay. I can have it if I want to eat that cookie. And then being able to make the transition immediately back to kind of like your regular scheduled, um, meal plan, nutrition program, you know, protein, yeah carb, fat, whatever you're doing. Um, I think just continuing to practice that and knowing you don't have to restart on Monday or you didn't mess up. Like it's okay. Uh, it's a a choice you can make. Right. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, I'm actually running a nutrition program right now. And that is probably one of the biggest things that has come up in my group is this idea that like, it is okay. And maybe instead of saying, I shouldn't have it, or I know it's bad for me, be grateful and actually enjoy the cookie Yeah, while you're having it. Yeah. And that actually will help you get over the fact of feeling like you ruined it Mm because you actually are like, wow, this fucking cookie is delicious. really good. (laughs) I'm so glad I had that versus I shouldn't have had that. And you're eating it and you're using these like negative thoughts the entire time. Right. Going like, oh my God, I had it and I shouldn't have. And I'm so bad. And now I'm awful. And now I'm going to eat the whole bag. Yeah. (laughs) Probably didn't taste very good during that. (laughs) Right. You probably barely tasted it because you were so focused on the fact that you were doing something that you thought you shouldn't be doing. (laughs) So yeah, I love that, that you're on the same page with that. Mm -hmm. So, okay, that's definitely one is the all or nothing, the good and bad. What would you say is the other biggest thing that you see when it comes to fueling your body for weight loss? Um, I would say just the like major (laughs) calorie cut. I think a lot of women think specifically Mm -hmm. think like, oh, I need to eat a thousand, 1200 calories. Mm -hmm. And that's just not enough. And it's not sustainable. And 
especially for the clients that I work with where we're trying to lose some big weight, right. that's not enough calories to fuel your body for the day. That's not enough calories to sustain. So um, I think that would be the biggest thing. Like if, if my clients did 1,200 calories, yeah, they're going to lose weight, but they're not going to be able to adhere long enough to even get to their goals or they're going to feel miserable the whole time. Where do you think most of, or in your experience, where are most of your clients coming up with that number? Is it, do you think just overall diet culture? Is it like things they're finding on the internet? Is it the fact that they're plugging in their goals to something like a MyFitnessPal? Or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question. I haven't really thought about that. I think I don't know where that number came from, but yeah, I like, remember where did the 1200 calorie a day thing even come from. I don't know, but ever since I've been in the industry and like my mindset before I knew about nutrition stuff, mm-hmm. like it was always 1200 or 800. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know where it came from if it's just like an old like fad or it, it must be. I thought about that the other day. I'm like, where has this like 1200 number even come from like why is has that become like some sort of magic calorie number (laughs) that if you're on a weight loss goal like that's what you should be doing um interesting I should probably start asking clients that more like where did you get that number to begin with yeah so okay fueling your body for weight loss let's talk about carbs and fats Mm -hmm. And the idea that I think what I've seen, and you can tell me what you've seen, is that overall women are a little scared of both of them. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to cutting overall calories, it seems like those are the two things to go almost immediately. Do you find the same thing? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So talk to us about how do you, I guess, educate your clients or teach them about how to incorporate carbs and fats so that they actually lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, it's super important to have a balanced uh, ratio of your protein, carbs, and your fats. Um, Carbs are not the enemy and they're not bad. They help fuel our body. They help fuel our brain function. Um, They're going to help get us through our workouts. Um, and fats help with a lot of different, like specifically hormonal processes throughout our body, especially for women too. So both are super important and they don't inherently like make us fat or make us gain weight, um, by themselves. So I think, um, just kind of like I preach to most of the time, like 80% of the time we're trying to strive for minimally processed, um, or, Mm -hmm. uh, whole foods. So, carbs like rices and sweet potatoes, regular potatoes, whole grains, all those things are super good. Um, And then fats, you know, like avocado, nuts, olive oil, those kinds of things are really good for for us in moderation. Um, And just kind of understanding how weight loss works and how weight maintenance works, that eating too much of any food is where we gain weight, not specifically carbs or fats. Right. Right. So do you, when, cause I know you have a program coming up. I think your program is going to be starting when this episode airs the fuels time strong program. Mm-hmm. Is that a big, cause that's kind of a new, that's a nutrition coaching pod, right? Yes. Is that a big part? Like, do you set macros for clients or how do you help them figure out 
specifically for them? How do they find that balance? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it kind of depends. In that specific pod, uh, we don't necessarily go into exact numbers, um, but I do educate and teach them how to kind of plan their meals uh, based on like some general recommendations. And this is still a pod for weight loss as well. So I will give some basic recommendations and then we will adjust throughout the program as well based on what's working for them and what's not. So if we are not reaching weight loss goals, then we will lower slightly. I will um, be teaching them about macro counting as a tool that we can use. I have some clients who do really well um, with that and then some clients who it's not for them. So it's not for everybody. Uh, So I give the option and we look at it. uh, So we are kind of aware of the tool. um, And then uh, some people will use it and some people will not. Yeah, I love that. I, I do something similar where I really prefer that clients try to listen to their body to help them figure out what balance works for Mm -hmm. them rather than being so set on a number. Um, But that's awesome. I love that you do that. How about the importance of protein? Where do you see that most clients kind of the myth behind protein, Mm -hmm. how it contributes to weight loss? And what do you see typically come in for new clients with you? Like, are they hitting their protein? Because I know for me, usually just about 100% of people (laughs) are under eating protein. And they're like shocked when I talk (laughs) about like how much we should really be getting in order to feel better, curb their cravings and all that stuff. Right. I completely agree. I don't think I have had a single client ever who hits enough protein. And mm-hmm. honestly, that would be myself too, if I wasn't aware, because I would way rather oh, totally. go with the carbs and the fats. I don't, it's, yeah. I don't know, not as tasty, but protein is super important for weight loss specifically. Um, this is what's going to help keep us full throughout the day. And also as we are losing weight, we want to make sure that we are losing our body fat and not our muscle. So having a high protein is going to help us with maintaining our muscle mass throughout this process. Um, And yeah, most people need to increase it significantly. So we do practice trying to get protein in every single meal and trying to get a lean Mm. protein in every single meal. Um, And then probably uh, in their snacks as well. Uh, So yeah, most people have needed to increase significantly. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest aha moment that your clients have? Hmm. So for example, like I know sometimes with my clients, like the aha moment is like, oh my God, I didn't realize how much I was under eating protein. But then also right around, for me, it tends to happen. My clients, it tends to happen right around like month two to three. They start to have this like aha moment of like, oh my God, it's all working. (laughs) My energy is better. So like what has been some moments where people have just been like, oh my God, Kendra, you're right. Like, (laughs) I think the one that sticks out to me is kind of when I reset with someone on their nutrition, like they come in and they're like, yeah, I need to eat, you know, super low cal to lose weight. I don't lose weight on like I'm eating 1200 calories and I'm not losing weight. And I'm like, okay. Okay. So we reset And I actually usually am increasing their calories, increasing their food, and then they do lose weight there too. And they're like, wait, oh, it is working. Like I can eat a little bit more. So being able to eat more food and still lose weight. uh, And I think it's probably like a consistency thing is my guess. Um, I don't know that 
most people are eating 800 to 1200 calories consistently when they are trying that. So increasing their food and just being more Uh, consistent with it. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. Actually. I think that's a really great point. And overall consistency, when you say consistency, are you talking like consistency? You've been doing that for three to five days. Congratulations. (laughs) Or like, we're talking like, have you been consistent for two to four weeks? Right. Yeah. So definitely like the two to four weeks. So Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people struggle with being maybe consistent throughout the week with their however many calories or whatever they're doing for their nutrition program. But if on the weekends, even one day per week, one night you go out and have several drinks and big meals and or several, you know, fast food meals, it's going to take you right back out of that calorie deficit where we need to be to lose weight. And so you may not lose weight, but sometimes when we think back, we're like, yeah, I was I was perfect all week. I just went out one night, like it should be fine. Um, But really it's kind of pulling us back out the other direction. So taking a look at overall consistency or kind of like the bites, licks, taste, or those extra little grabs throughout the week can really Mm -hmm. add up uh, without us noticing. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's important that you're saying that. I always try to remind clients that our metabolism doesn't know the difference between Monday and Saturday. Yeah. So (laughs) overall for our bodies, that's really confusing when we are trying to do something like an 800 to 1200 calories during the week and then having a 3000 calorie day um, on a Saturday. And I think we, it's very easy to forget how that can happen Mm -hmm. um, when you look at just the grand scheme of like, but it was just one day. It's like, right. Um, So you actually brought up something and I want to go back to it is this, that idea of a calorie deficit, right? Um, So, and I think what happens to most clients who are not in the industry and don't understand, you know, between nutrition and how to fuel their bodies and the strength training is like, but they're thinking, but 1200 calories should put me in the calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. So why aren't I losing weight? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? Yeah. So- It's, it depends, but oftentimes I think it goes back to the consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, I f- for my clients anyways, if they were eating the 1,200 calories, they're probably going to lose weight. Um, but I don't believe that they can adhere to that seven days a week and mm-hmm. for a long enough period of time to right. maintain it or continue to progress. Because at some point, your adherence to that 1,200 calories is going to slip. Yep. Um, and additionally, our body adjusts to, like our metabolism does adjust to this deficit and it's going to mm-hmm. start slowing down and catch up at some point. So that's right. one thing I do talk to my clients about is if our maintenance calories are 3000 per day and you drop down to 1200, at some point your body is going to catch up to that. And if you've been dieting and trying this 1200 calories for years, mm-hmm. your metabolism has slowed down so much that yes. you have nowhere else you can go. Like we have to either lower your calories again or do more exercise, but that's not going to work. So at that point we have to increase your calories back up and get your metabolism kind of like firing, revving again. Right. Um, Yep. So that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think you're absolutely right. Um, What I was thinking about it is kind of like what you're saying, consistency with 1200 calories, but also the fact that like, it's not fueling, right? Mm-hmm. So your energy 
is so low that it's only a matter of time until you give in Mm -hmm. and then you start looking for things like sugar and caffeine to help bring your energy back up, which is really kicking you out of that 1200 calorie thing again, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like you can only sustain that like low calorie thing for so long Mm -hmm. until you're like, I'm exhausted and I want a pizza. Yeah, right. Right. (laughs) Or I want like a box of cookies because I'm so tired and now – you know, I've been doing this all week and the scale hasn't budged. Yeah. And yeah. so now I want something else. Let's talk about when someone is fueling properly for their weight loss, what are the expectations you talk to your clients about as far as when should they start to see and feel the results, right? Because like I know that this happens a lot when people do change uh, their mindset and do start to change their habits. It's like, but I've been doing this all week. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's tough. Uh, Transformation and weight loss, it's going to take time. And I think it depends on where kind of the client or the person is coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, If we're kind of resetting, it's going to take some weeks before you really see the scale change, Mm -hmm. I believe, like, especially if we're increasing your calories back up and everything and just getting started. But if you put in kind of that mental work and the, like, you've spent your time outside of that calorie deficit, you've spent time at maintenance, it is possible to start to feel and see changes pretty quickly. Um, At least feeling better and feeling, you know, I do tell my clients they could lose one to two pounds per week. That is reasonable Mm -hmm. um, when it is this like bigger weight loss. Um, As long as we set ourselves up for success from the beginning, not if we're like been trying to diet for four years and still trying to do that and not taking those steps to make sure our metabolism is right. Make sure our mindset is right. Make sure we are in a good state to diet. Um, If those Mm -hmm. things aren't in check, it's going to take a little bit more time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I love that you're saying you're bringing up their past, right? So I think that's important to keep that in mind is that if you are someone who's been a chronic on and off dieter, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a resetting process before you can start to get to like the healthy weight that you want to be, right? So Mm -hmm. there's a we have to make some changes and shift to kind of like stabilize your metabolism again. (laughs) Yes. Um, And do you kind of explain that to clients when they're getting on board and you start to kind of show them that you're going to be adding food to their program? Mm -hmm. Yes, we do talk about that. And it's it's sometimes scary. People Mm. do feel like that's a lot of food. And they feel that way too, especially when we're transitioning from – um, foods that may be a little bit higher process, uh, highly processed foods. Mm-hmm. So they're not eating as much for higher calorie versus now we're adding more volume. They can feel a little bit more full at the beginning and like, Oh, yes. this is a lot of food, Kendra. <laughs> yeah. Like I know <laughs> it's okay. Like trust the process. Like it'll, mm-hmm. you know, it will work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. What else, what would, what would you say your biggest, whether it's one, two, or three tips to someone who is on a weight loss journey, how, what would you tell them about fueling their body for weight loss? Mm-hmm. Like what would be your number one or two tips that you would give? Number, th- Yeah, go-to tips. Um, I think uh, number one, know that the process is not linear for weight loss. Know that, that. Um, it is a journey. It's going to take time. And 
be kind to yourself. So know that it's going to like your scale weight, all of it, it's going to go up and down. Life is going to happen. It will be hard. Just continue to move forward. You can't fail if you just don't quit. Um, uh, just keep. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Keep, keep going. Um, and you know, trust that process. So when the scale goes up, cause it will, especially for women, we have so mm-hmm. many different things that happen throughout the month that, you know, if your monitoring scale is progress, uh, or using the scale, just know that's not going to be linear. Um, and then two, I would say, um, make sure that you're getting protein in each meal and veggies and, uh, trying to fuel your body like appropriately, uh, while being in the deficit, but not cutting too, too much. And let's see, number three, um, I think just putting an emphasis on strength training and getting stronger. And, um, that would be the main thing. So calorie deficit, protein and strength training. Um, and if I was to add another, I would say, make sure your stress and like sleep is managed. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 How do you start with introducing people to strength training Mm -hmm. who are new to the gym? We start slow. Yeah. I know you said you start slow, but do you, do you start with like, cause I know you, I think we had this conversation in per, in person when we met that like most women, especially who have bigger weight loss goals, like truly don't realize how strong they are uh-huh. because they haven't been strength training. So do you start by saying like, here's these five pounds or do you start by saying like, here's this weight I trust I have the confidence in you that you can do it. Like, how do you kind of introduce them into that? And how do you get them to feel comfortable with like increasing the weight Mm -hmm. and not being afraid of this? Because we didn't really dive into this, but I know, especially when people are on weight loss journeys, that they have this fear that they're going to add on this muscle and they're going to look, you know, like the Incredible Hulk or something. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you kind of, do you find that with clients? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, I do. I do see that fear come up occasionally as well as the fear of like getting bulky or looking manly or uh, having too much muscle, which that fear. Um, it takes a lot of work to get that look that they're talking about. Um, oh my God, yeah. and it's not going to just accidentally happen. Uh, but yeah, so generally I will, like if I'm working with a one-on-one client, I will pick the weights for them and just like, here's what you're going to do and teach the movement. And then as we're progressing, it's just a communication with them. Like, how's that feel? And like, uh, prompting them, like, with how many reps I want them to have left in the tank. So I'm like, can you do 20 more of those reps or are you, can you do like two to five type thing? Right. And then kind of going up slowly from there. Um, it it is still a fear. I have clients who don't want to know the weight, what it is because they get in their head about it and like, Oh, that's a lot of weight. And so we just don't talk about it and I just kind of progress them. Um, and then, but that's a, you know, a practice that they're working on as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just kind of slowly and just pushing them, but not unsafely. I also love that you brought up a little bit ago that, um, like progress of one to two pounds a week, Mm -hmm. because I don't know if you find this, but people who have been chronic dieters, um, extreme diets, right. The major 
cutting of overall calories and food groups, expect more. Yeah. And so that's like a hard thing to wrap your mind around, right? Mm -hmm. That we're not just on a weight loss journey. Like you said, we are trying to fuel our bodies appropriately. Yeah. um, Healthy, right? (laughs) And on the right track for long-term weight loss. So do you find that you have to have that conversation with people about like long-term sustainable weight loss versus, you know, a quick program that, you know, promises 30 pounds in 30 days or something (laughs) like that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely a mindset we have to talk about. Um, People do have expectations for for a higher weight loss. So just understanding the process of weight loss. And if if I have a client who does have 100 pounds to lose, like that's a daunting task and we want it gone now. But just yeah. talking about expectations of like, it's going to be one to two pounds per week and we're going to take this in phases, which I think overall, like when you talk about it and think about it, it helps the mindset instead of like, okay, I'm going to have to you know, cut all my calories, cut out all my favorite through foods until I lose a hundred pounds. When really what we do is we break it up into like 12 week phases. Like we're mm. going to go into this for 12 weeks and we're going to expect to lose X amount. And I think breaking it up can help with that overall mindset too. And then scientifically it helps us with maintaining those results by coming back out to maintenance calories and then going back down again uh, for like a second uh-huh. round of weight loss. Okay. So you do a little bit of like deficit maintenance, deficit. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Explain that process. Do you mind? What is, is, are you doing that mostly to help get your clients out of the dieting, like the constant dieting mindset? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple of reasons. One for, for the client's mentality regarding dieting, because dieting is a stressor on our body. So our body doesn't love it. Um, so taking that stressor out, that's going to help with the mentality for the client because it's hard and you do have to make some sacrifices when you are dieting. As much as we say, like you can enjoy the treats and things, you still have to cut back a little bit. And so that can be hard mentally. Um, so from a mental perspective, and then also just like efficiency for for our body. Um, Since our metabolism is continuing to kind of downregulate, we want to bump that back up um, temporarily. So I have my clients come back out of a diet uh, for at least half the time that they were in it. So if they did 12 weeks of weight loss, they're going to come back out for at least six weeks uh, to maintain, uh, continue to practice like their eating behaviors um, and relationship with food during this time a little bit more flexibility, and then we'll diet back down again. And at that point, their metabolism is kind of back up where close to where they started, if not higher or pretty close anyway. And then we can diet down again more efficiently. So the weight will continue to come off like it did the first time, hopefully. Yeah, I love that. So you obviously explain that process to people in advance because yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that that's a little hard for people to wrap their mind around. Mm-hmm. What are the biggest things that you find, um, whether it's a struggle or just kind of something that comes up for clients once they go into that maintenance phase, right? Because they were seeing these results. They're yeah. probably like, no, Kendra, I want to keep going, right? Do right. I have do the maintenance phase. Exactly. Exactly. That happens every single time. There's a fear, uh, a fear with increasing the food back up, like a fear of, um, 
I don't want to gain the weight back. And uh, that's kind of the biggest, hardest thing I would say. Uh, but it's a good practice to continue to trust yourself around food and trust um, kind of what you've learned and the practices that you've you've been doing. Um, so that would be one. And then, yeah, they want to keep going. It's hard to not be striving towards weight loss, but if we can fix or not fix, change the focus at this time to something like more strength related, like we're going to use these six weeks, um, and try to hit some PRs or we're going to increase your bench press or something like that. That can be a fun thing. And knowing that you now have some more fuel for that with like increased carbs and whatnot, it can, it can be fun. So how do you put them into a maintenance space? Do you pick one or two um, like meals where you're like, I'm just going, we're just going to increase a little bit here. What's your process for that? I'd love to hear it. Yeah. um, It kind of depends on the client, but uh, generally I do increase uh, carbs and fats. I try to keep the protein the same uh, throughout kind of all the phases. If they are needing to increase their protein. Um, we might do that at that time too, but, um, mostly yeah, carbs and fats. And then I encourage them to increase the carbs, especially around their workout if they were. Yeah. So either post, uh, both, uh, pre-workout and post-workout we're increasing carbs. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that strategy. Ah, so exciting. Thank you so much for being on here today. Like I said, I know this is going to air when your program starts, Mm -hmm. but give us some info on it. So hopefully if you run it again in the future, people can get in touch with you about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I run a small group coaching pod. It's called Fueled Strong, uh, eight to 12 people. And during this program, it's really about um, working on our relationship with food and understanding kind of the basics of nutrition, uh, because this is really important for being able to maintain and get to your weight loss goals is kind of knowing how how it all works. Um, And then we're going to be working on some like different eating behaviors, like disrupting the stress and emotional eating cycles, Um, fueling our body for performance while also still striving towards those weight loss goals. So this program that I'm um, starting this week then is um, for people who do have over 30 pounds to lose. So it's very specific to that group so that we have a close group of people who are on similar journeys and can kind of lean on each other. And the questions will be Uh, relevant to everybody in the group. So I may run this again and I do have a wait wait list for it. So if um, someone is interested, you can contact me on Instagram. Uh, It's just my name, Kendra Liu. Oh, awesome. All right. And I'll drop all that stuff in the show notes. So your Instagram handle, uh, website, and email Mm -hmm. for anyone who is interested. Even if you're not interested, I encourage you to go over to Instagram and follow Kendra. I love all your reels, the tips that you drop, (laughs) and uh, just the way you encourage your clients with their journey. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much, Kendra, for being on here today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully, I will see you soon in May. Yes, I will see you in May. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Have a good one. Thank you, too. Bye. Bye. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Making Fit Work. If you did, it would mean so much to me if you took a minute to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference and would be super helpful to me. Also, if you have any topic suggestions, if there's something in particular you'd love for me to address on this podcast, feel free to shoot me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can shoot me a DM on Facebook or Instagram and find me at 
fitwith underscore Nina. Again, you can find me at fitwith underscore Nina. Or you can join my private community on Facebook called Making Fit Work and drop your uh, topic suggestions in there. Until next time, my friends, be strong, be healthy, be happy.